Why does she take the train instead of flying? She's been afraid to fly since her harrowing incident. Oh, dear. Did a plane almost crash? No, no. She was bumped from first class. She still wakes up screaming. And you probably know people like that, too, who expect the world to be um, handed to them on a silver platter or a gold platter, and uh, they, they, you end up catering to them. Your life revolves around them if you live with that type of a person. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and whether you have a fear of flying or you're dealing with a difficult person in your life or you're having some problems yourself, maybe it's financial problems, maybe it's problems with your kids or what many people experience, problems in their romantic relationship that are right under the surface and they don't know how to address them or even to put but even to be able to communicate them to their partner. And uh, that's some of the things that we talk about on this show. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, a clinical psychologist, here to answer your calls and questions. And right now I want to turn to the phone and welcome Jennifer. Jennifer, you're having problems with a friend and a coworker? Yes. Um, it was just, you know, I feel very close to this person. It was We carpool together on a daily basis. Uh, well, practically daily, as much as we can, if it works out. And it's just a very disappointing situation. Uh, last Thursday, it was my turn to drive to, in the carpool, and I had was able to only work Monday and Thursday last week because I had taken a vacation day and another day uh, personal time off in order to have an endoscopy. Yeah. The week before, I had a colonoscopy, so, you know, a lot has been going on. Yeah. And uh, a whole slew of appointments for my daughter. And I was very anxious that morning. I knew the other person had to uh, have some, had to bring her car in, so there was going to be a little extra. This is, if this is, you're saying this is, it was your day to carpool? My day to drive. And your day to drive, and then what mm-hmm. happened? You weren't able to do it, and she no, got upset? No, no, I did. Oh, you did? No, okay. Actually, I actually called uh, her up, my friend up a little bit, you know, a little early, like 7.30, to give her a little um, heads up that, you know, please let me know the earliest you can leave. Yeah. Then I called up around 20 minutes later because I figured maybe she didn't get the message. Yeah. And so then she told me she could meet at 8.30, so I went to the location, and I was there 25 after, just in case she was early. Yeah. And I'm not real good at always getting, you know, real, real prompt, but I got there 25 after, and she came quarter up. And I didn't get angry with her, because yeah. figured she wasn't able, to, even though she said 8.30, she was having you yeah. know, trouble getting up and getting out. Cause so, I yeah, what early. ended up happening? Well, what ended up happening was when then um, going home, because I only had two days of work, there were responsibilities I had at work. Yeah, it sounds like, in a nutshell, what happened? She got upset with you because you couldn't take her home, or just give me that? She got upset with me because, I think, uh, this is the the curious thing, um, because she was asking me, "Are we? Can we leave? You know, are we going to leave now?" And I said, I'll, "You know, it's going to be a few minutes more." And we left a little bit later than expected. I guess we left a quarter to. We left um, fifteen minutes later, or a half hour 10 later. Ten minutes later. Ten minutes later. Okay. And so then, what happened? 
Well, uh, I could tell I, I'm very sensitive and I could pick up on her vibes that she was not happy. So Yeah, how I, long have you known her? Oh, many years. Many years. Has this happened before? Um, yeah, she's gotten angry before, but it's kind of... How does it resolve? Well, I usually end up apologizing, but I just... I started to kind of explain that's that's why I wanted to leave early because I was I was kind of like uh, n- yeah, I, you know what I'm having a hard time following part of it. Let me see if I can sum up Jennifer and you can mm-hmm. tell me where I'm off base because um, I want some time left so I can give you some some tips. What I'm hearing is that you you have been you have a good friend who is also a coworker. You carpool together. You had some unusual circumstances, some medical appointments that you needed to get to, um, that kind of messed up your schedule. And you asked her if she could come early. She accommodated, but actually wasn't there precisely on time. She was 15 minutes late. Then in the afternoon, when you go to take her back home, or another time when you go to take her back home, you're 10 minutes late, and she becomes sullen. She's not happy, but she's not telling you what it is. So you're left with a big, gigantic question mark of she's upset. I don't know why. I don't know how to remedy this, and I don't feel that guilty because, hey, she was 15 minutes late, and I'm 10 minutes late. Well, yeah. And I, well, I, wasn't and I usually apologize. That was the last piece. I so, kind of, yeah, I was trying to explain... You want to be careful with over-explaining, though. Yeah, if you go into I too much detail... Now, trying to, I had to get my work done. I couldn't leave earlier, you know, because she was there. Yeah, but you, you, let's look at all the effort you're putting in, and you don't even know what's going on in her mind. I'm assuming exactly. that. So the question is, the, the skill is to draw her out. I can see that you're real quiet. Help me understand you better. You give a person an invitation with a, a statement like that, you know, we you know, I know you so well. I know something's bugging you. And I miss it when we when we just talk freely, you know, we're so we we're such good friends. I miss that. Help me understand what's going on. Very short and sweet. Rather than say, I know you're angry with me. Oh, don't say that because what happens if it's she's not angry with you? What happens if she has diarrhea and she's just hoping you drive a little faster? What you know? I mean, really, I love capturing examples when I am certain that I know that someone doesn't like me or that someone's upset with me, and I find out later that I was 180 degrees off. I love capturing those examples because it's a nice little tap on my shoulder saying, "Ellen, don't assume you can read a person's mind." Mm-hmm. and you don't know their context, you may have done nothing wrong. You can just say, you look a little upset or you look a little angry. I mean, if that's what she looks, you can say that. But then let her offer, yeah, my kids are really bugging me this morning, or I didn't have sex last night, or I had too much sex and I didn't enjoy it. You know, there was nothing in it for me. You don't know what's on her mind. Mm-hmm. So you just give an invitation. You by saying if you over-explain your piece, just like you were doing with me on the radio, you're all wrapped up in every single nuance of what you did, as if it, you sound guilty to begin with before I even know what happened. Yeah, you, I, I found myself explaining what I how hard I was trying to be perfect. She and then, knows you. 
she, after, yeah. wait a minute, I could just as easily be mad. I'm not angry with her. Yeah, I know. So you're over-apologizing, or you, you don't even need to apologize in that case. The skill is to draw a person out. When you have a question mark, when someone that you care about and uh, value seems upset, give them an invitation. And you can add one more thing, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. You can say... Uh, if she's really upset, you know, you can say, I, something's on your mind, I'm not sure what it is. When you're ready to, you know, if you're ready to share it with me, I'd love to hear what's what's bugging you or what's ups- what um, what's upsetting you. But don't assume it's you. In your mind, come up with some other examples so that you don't just assume that you're guilty. My yeah. guess is that you're well-trained in feeling guilt. <laughs> Yes, you want to be very good to yourself and learn how to dump unearned guilt. You don't know whether you're guilty of, of anything in this situation. Yeah. Let her explain her piece. Then you can talk back and forth. But let her know that you miss the friendship because I think that's a welcoming hand to her. So thank you so much for your call, Jennifer. Yeah, I just want to know, uh, I have to just contact. Listen, I need to, I'll talk with you off the air. Thank you very much for your call, and I'll talk with you in a moment. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on The Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by Drs. Kenner and Locke. There are two errors about sex that make it degrading. Number one, the spiritual view, because it regards your body as sinful. And number two, the physical view, because it divorces sex from your consciousness, your knowledge, your emotions, and your character. The spiritual view leaves you feeling shame, guilt, and regret about the sex act, evading the fact that sex is fundamental to a romantic relationship. The physical view trivializes sex and turns it into a meaningless animal act. It implies that sex is divorced from you and your partner's deepest values. It also implies that it doesn't matter who your partner is, but of course, it does matter. Sex itself is not bad or meaningless, but the wrong views that many people hold about it are. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com.